0: Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. We hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. God has an amazing adventure for all of us, but truth is, very few people find it. How do you discover the way? From a life of distraction to devotion. From loneliness to thick community. From a scarcity mindset to a mentality of abundance. From feeling stuck spiritually to a life charged with purpose and meaning. Good news. Jesus promised, I am the way. Let's follow Jesus together in the real world.
1: So one of the best parts of my job as a pastor is that I get a front row seat to some of the cool stuff God's doing behind the scenes that most folks don't know about. And one morning, a uh, a lady from her finance department stopped by my office, knock, knock, Pastor Tim, you got a minute? And I was like, sure, what's up? And she said, last Sunday, we received a very unusual offering kind of special. I thought I should show it to you. And she handed me this, this, this Tupperware container. I was, I was like, what's this? And she goes, actually, there's, there's, there's three of them. And uh, I took a photo of them all. You can, can see them here. There were three Tupperware containers filled with loose change, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, and a handwritten marker. It said, for clean drinking water from your friend, Luca. And it turns out three little boys in our, our church family, three brothers named Luca, age eight, Eli, age six, Corey, age three, those three little boys heard about our mission to bring safe, clean drinking water to thirsty kids in the country of Zambia. And they saw photos of, of children their age who had, who had nothing to drink, little to eat, and something just kind of welled up in their hearts of these three little boys. And so they, they smashed their piggy banks <laughs> and they pulled their money. And uh, some of the, these coins came from, from doing chores. Some came from their allowance, some birthday money they saved. And each of them asked their mom for some Tupperware. And together, those three boys sacrificially gave $113.33. So little boys, yeah, make some noise for them. Little boys and girls in Africa can have clean water to drink, 2024, Pretty cool, right? I mean, the the faith of a child, like like, this is, like it's so pure, it's so simple. There's a reason Jesus told his followers, he said, hey, unless you change (laughs) and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is why I love being a pastor. You know? some, sometimes I just get this like front row seat to see the Holy Spirit moving in the hearts of younger believers. And man, Luca, Eli, and Corey, you guys inspire me, man. You stretch my faith. I want to I be more like you when I grow up, don't we all? Make some noise for those boys. We love you guys, man. I'll tell you, today I think, I think the Lord wants to talk to your heart, to my heart, to all of us about the way of generosity, Generosity, simply put, it, it, it sounds like this, <laughs> but it looks like when our heart lines up with the heart of God and we actually open our heart and watch this, we open our hands to give our first and our best back to God so he can bless and lavish his love on others. You know, Jesus said generosity, it's a key part of the way. We've been talking about this way that leads the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And he said, there's a, there's a narrow way if you find it. He's like, there's this way that God designed your faith to flourish. And the truth is we're never more like God than when we give, when we give freely, motivated by love, and don't expect anything in return. Now, if you've been following along with our daily audio devotional, we're kind of reading right now through the gospel of Mark, a chapter a day. And on Friday, we read a a story that kind of jumped out at me about Jesus. It's in Mark 12, and this really challenged me. I want to read it to you, Mark 12, starting at verse 41. It says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, I'm telling you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. What? Yeah. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, quick show of hands. Who's heard this story before? Okay. Again, I think it was in Friday's devotional audio. And it got me thinking. I was like, like, can you imagine if I came out and said, hey, guys, just I just wanted to let you know, we got a special guest today. Jesus is coming to to Liquid this Sunday, okay? That's what's happening here. Jesus is literally visiting the temple in Jerusalem, and word gets out, like, Jesus is coming to church. Can you imagine what would happen? It'd be like, thank heavens, finally, you know, good preacher, you know? And and the worship begins, and you're like, where's Jesus? He's not on the worship stage, and, and then the sermon starts. It's like, no Jesus yet? I mean, I like Kyra, but where's Jesus? You know, I assume he's here to preach. Until finally it comes time to receive the weekly offering, pass the popcorn buckets, and it's like, voila, Jesus shows up. And he sits right down in your row right next to you, and he's like, hey, yo, what's up? I just want to see what you're slapping in the bucket today. Awkward! (laughs) That's what's happening here. It is a totally awkward church situation. Verse 41 says Jesus literally sat down, directly opposite the place where the offerings are put. And he watched the whole crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And I read this and I was like, like, what's going on here? Like, is Jesus all about the Benjamins? You know, like (laughs) the reality is if you're a student of Jesus, you know that throughout the gospels, Jesus actually talks more about the topic of money and our stuff than heaven and hell combined. Why? He's not after our wallets. He's after our our hearts, and there's like an invisible string between your your heart and your wallet. That's why when people in church reach for the wallet, they go, "Oh, oh, that hurts me." <laughs> Remember what Jesus famously said in Matthew six? He said, "No, no, where your treasure is, there your what your heart will be also." In no, other words, you're just naturally generous towards things that are just close to your heart, right? We invest in them, and so the question Jesus is asking the people at the temple, he's like, "I'm just asking, is is your heart in my house?" In the Old Testament, the temple was called the house of God, okay, the house of the Lord. And in the New Testament, the the church is called God's house. So Jesus says, I'm going to go to my father's house, and I'm going to sit right down next to the offering, and he's like, I want to see who's got a heart for my father's house, who has a heart for the kingdom causes and helping people my father loves and cares desperately about. And so as Jesus watches the offering happen, the Bible says many rich people threw in, what kind of amounts? Say together. They threw in large amounts. Notice it says they, they threw in their offering. So they're like, they're like, here you go. <laughs> and it's like, why are, they, why are they throwing money? Well, this is kind of interesting. I, I researched this. The Jewish temple, did you know, they had brass offering baskets built into the wall of the temple. They, they kind of looked like upside down tubas. They had a wide mouth at the top, do you remember the old school toll booth baskets on the parkway? They, you know, 35 cents, I'm dating myself. Apparently, this is before Easy Pass people. Apparently, the rich people threw in their coin so that when they threw it in, their money sounded like someone hit the jackpot on a slot machine. So that everybody in the temple would have been like, whoa, who's given all that 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 you know all the, the stacks? Everyone is impressed. Everyone except Jesus. She's like, not that impressed. In fact, he, he makes a quick contrast in verse 42. He says, but a poor widow came and she put in what? Say it with me. Two very small, what? Copper coins, pennies worth only a few cents. So, so so like, catch this, right? The rich people come in and they like make it rain and just like, Ugh. but then this little old granny comes in and she's like, And what's Jesus' reaction? He's like, guys, come here, come here, calling his disciples to him. He said, truly, I tell you, look at this. This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. I mean, they, they, they gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty everything, all she had to live on. And this is amazing, because Jesus kind of like putting a spotlight on something important about generosity. Notice, God does math differently. In the eyes of God your attitude counts more than the amount. Can you say that with me? Your attitude counts more than the amount. So again, if you were just like looking at us from man's eyes, it's like, well, who gave more? It's like, was it the Wall Street dude who gave out of his NVIDIA stock? (laughs) Or or is it the widow living on food stamps who gave part of her Medicare check? And Jesus is like, this is the secret to generosity. When it comes to giving, your father doesn't count the amount. He counts your sacrifice. Do you give out of a surplus? Well, let me give you what's comfortable. Here's a little something, something for the big G, my temple tax. Or do we give sacrificially because we're trusting God in our heart. We, we know him as our father, our creator, our redeemer, our provider. The, the, the widow was literally like, I, I don't have the means to do this, but I, I know my father in heaven. I trust him 100%. My heart is in his house and my life it's in his hands. So here's my offering, God. I trust you to provide for me. I mean, this woman was a widow. There's no social security in that culture. There's no husband to provide for her. There's no sons to support her. All she had was God. And no one even noticed when she walked into church, no heads turned except for Jesus, who literally stands up. He starts playing. He's like, guys, come here, come here, come here. This is what I'm talking about. Really? Plank tink. What's the big deal? She put in how many cents? Two cents. By the way. You guys notice? This is where we get the phrase, Hey, can I give you my two cents? Did you know that? That's where we get it from. Hey, can I share my two cents with you? And Jesus says, Don't you see? In God's eyes, your attitude counts more than the amount. It's all about your heart. It's the spirit of sacrifice Jesus is after. It's what Eli and, and, and his brothers had, Luca. They all gave out their wealth, but she had her property put in everything, all she had to live on. Hey, notice something else? Jesus is drawing a contrast between assets and income. Did you guys know this? So you're like, I don't know. I'm not a rich person. Me neither. Rich people typically give out of their assets, their wealth. That's why Jesus says it's wealth. Wealthy uh, folks might give out of their stocks, their portfolios. They own a business or they have real estate holdings. And you know what? If that's you, that's awesome. Giving from assets is amazing. What a gift, but it doesn't always require sacrifice. The widow didn't give out of her assets. She had none. So she gave out of her income. She's like, this is what I'm paying my bills with this week. She didn't have two nickels to rub together and she gave generously from her livelihood and Jesus is like, man, that is powerful. I'm telling you, that's the kind of generosity that gets the attention of God. That's faith. It got me thinking. I was like, man, you know, I wish, I mean, Jesus is always among us, but I wish he physically was in person here on the Sunday that Luca, Eli and Corey brought their Tupperware to church. I think Jesus would have been, you, see, yeah, you guys see the Tupperware? That's what I'm talking about. Those three brothers, their heart is in my house. Now, if you're new to our church, you, you should know the heart of this house, Liquid Church, our heartbeat, it's outreach. It, it, it's serving. It's, it's, it's bringing clean water to thirsty families on the other side of the world. It's feeding the hungry and the homeless in Patterson, New York. It's, it's throwing parties for special needs kids and families, things like Night to Shine. That gets a heart racing. Because we know it's close to the heart of God. And like Luca and Eli and Corey, we love to invest. We we sacrificially give to, to what I would call kingdom causes. This is some of the stuff that your weekly offerings and tithes go to. So understand something if you're new to our church. Whenever you give to our church, you're actually giving through our church to help the poorest of the poor in Jesus' name. So now, let's get personal, right? Because some of you are like, oh my gosh, we're talking about money. And, uh, just, just relax, relax, take it down a notch. Let me just ask you a personal question. Where would you put yourself on this generosity journey? You know, to having a heart like, <laughs> like Luca. <laughs> do, do you have, have a, a scarcity mindset where you're like, oh man, I just, I don't know if I could, I could open my hands or my heart. Or do you have an abundance mentality? In a congregation this size, here's what I know. We got people all over the spectrum, no judgment. Uh, So some people I know come to church each week like I did in college. And when I go in college, I would always give to the offering, but I would put in a tip. The bucket would come around. And if I was feeling good, I was like, here you go, God, here's a fiver, you know? That's what I used to do in college. I was like, "If, if if I liked the songs that the band played and the sermon was kept short, I gave a little bit more money. They got a little bit more. Now, the problem with the tip is this. Where do you typically give a tip? At a restaurant. You give it based on how good the service is. In other words, it's a consumer mindset. Oh, I like that elevation song they play. I like that one. It's not a sacrifice to God, right? God's not after a tip, he's after your heart. And that's why he asked for a tithe. Can you say that with me? Tithe. Some of you are like, ooh, I can't say it. (laughs) Tithe, it just simply means 10th or 10%. And I want you to know you're sitting among right now, down your road, don't look at them, but we have thousands of families at every campus in this church who tithe every week. Meaning every time they get a paycheck, their livelihood, like the widow, they give the first 10% back to the Lord through the ministry here at Liquid as a way of honoring God first in their finances. And, and first off, can I just say this as your pastor? Thank you. Like, thank you. Your, your generosity like, inspires me, your sacrifice as far as colleen and i i mean we're like you we live in new jersey it's not easy both of us, many of you work two jobs colleen and i both work full-time we have for 25 years we're trying to put two kids through college you know pay our mortgage save for retirement it ain't easy but remember everything we have and own comes from god amen your job from god your home from god your apartment your car your clothes it's all from god god owns it all And every week or bi-weekly, whatever it is for you, he generously gives some to you. And so when you return, let me take out a dime. When you give the first 10% back to his house every week, it's a simply way of saying, God, all I have is from you. And I wanna be a giver like you. And that's a lifestyle God can bless. Just ask Ryan and Lacey. Ryan and Lacey are a young couple from our Passaic County campus. Ryan, it's here Passaic County. What up guys? Ryan works in sales, Lacey's raising two little ones at home, and they come from very different backgrounds. So their journey to generosity has actually had some ups and downs. There's been times of abundance, times of scarcity, but through it all, God has been more than faithful. Check out their story.
0: Tithing has not always been something that I've been familiar with. I did not always tithe. It was more of an offering, give as you have in your pocket. Instead, if I had extra cash left over, that's what I would use at church.
2: My first job being, let's see, I was probably 14 years old in Tennessee. They will allow you to work that early as long as someone signs off. I worked at a burger joint. (laughs) And I definitely remember my mom reminding me, hey, you know, you got your paycheck in, first 10% goes to God.
0: Coming from somebody that did not tithe regularly growing up, it was very much like, oh, how much do we have to give? (laughs) You know, but then at the same time, I know that the Bible says to do it with a, a genuine heart. Not necessarily that you have to give to receive any kind of blessing or anything like that, but just the abundance that he has available for us when we're willing to give our heart.
2: He's God, you know, he, he put the stars in place and the universe in place. My 10, whatever, 15, 20% is nothing. It's more that the obedience is there and that I have an open spot in my heart for him.
0: The woman who gave her last. You know, everybody else was giving these big amounts and lofty goals and um, this one woman gives her last two cents and that's all she's got. And that's kind of the mindset I want to be like, just take it all God, you know. It doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have, he wants you. You know, I think about when he picked his disciples, when he literally just looked at them and said, I just want you, follow me.
2: We are so excited to be a, a part of a church that practices generosity, that preaches generosity, but also shows like where the generosity goes.
0: As a family, our first experience, even with Liquid, was at the Christmas service where we volunteered to pack bags of rice for hungry families, and it was fantastic just to be able to put together those bags of rice and know that they were going to somebody who would need them.
2: To know that they're that we're going over to Africa and we're literally giving springs of water out of places you know in the desert. For children that don't have that water, is really exciting.
0: We now help lead a middle school ministry at the Passaic campus.
2: I see it all as an investment. We are touching lives, and like $1 or whatever that may be can touch lives well beyond just the people that are currently in this church.
0: Being able to see and witness the things that are growing in the church, we don't have a stagnant church. We have a very growing, a very active church.
2: I go back to the obedience part. It's like God wants our heart. It's, you know, if he, if he can just have a little bit of our heart, He can do so much work with just that, the open hands of obedience there, so that, I think of that, it's not the amount, it's, it's more of your heart, and like you said, cheerful is great, there's definitely times when it's not as cheerful as it, as it can be, but like, you're still giving, you know? also think, like, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Like that wasn't cheerful (laughs) for for him to give it all out there. And it's like, he's only asking me for 10% and he gave his life. That's a, that's a great deal.
1: I I love that, man. That that is a good deal, man. Right? You can never outgive God. (laughs) I mean, you're made in God's image. Your father in heaven is a giver. You know, the most famous verse in the Bible for God so loved the world that he gave what he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. On the cross, think about it, what we talk about, Jesus canceled your debt. He paid for your sin, he sets you free. Guys, this is why Christ's Father should be the most generous people on the planet. God says, I want you so much to be open-handed like me. See, you and I are naturally born takers, right? Parents, you have to keep, teach your children to be selfish? No. It's natural. That's mine. But the Holy Spirit makes you a, na- a born-again giver. When you're born again, you get a new spirit, a, f- a new father who wants to teach you to mirror his heart. So instead of, watch this, keeping your fists closed. Can everyone make a closed fist? Make a closed fist right now. Now squeeze as hard as you can. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. And say, mine. <laughs> keep squeezing, Keep squeezing. Now watch. Watch. Now your daddy says, open. Slowly open your hands. Just unroll your finger. Doesn't, oh, oh. Doesn't that feel good? God's like, yeah, it feels better to be a giver first to me than to others. Again, you're born a taker, but through Christ, you're a born again giver. God wants you to have a heart like his. And that's why he tells us to tithe. Again, the tithe, given 10% to the local church, it's God's ground floor of giving. In fact, the first time it appears is way back in the Old Testament. I wanna illustrate this for you by showing you the concept of First fruits. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, first fruits? First fruits, okay? In Bible times, they didn't have venmo or auto deposit. <laughs> it was an agrarian culture. So most people were farmers. And so at harvest time, God told his people to bring the first fruits from their harvest to the temple as an offering, as a way to put God first. Here's what God says in Exodus. He says, Bring the best of these say it with me, first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. So in other words, when harvest time came around, each family was supposed to bring their first fruits to the temple, to the house of God. So you gave the first 10% to God, but here's the good news, here's the good news, watch this. The 90%, the rest of it, man, that's, that's for you. God's like, this. you live off this. And this is the basic for the tithe. It's actually symbolic. You return the first 10% of whatever God gives to you to God's house. And then you live off the remaining 90%. Now, this was an act of faith in Bible times because farming families, you guys get it. If anybody is like, have like farming relatives or anything, farming families like work hard all year, right? And just as they begin reaping what they sowed, God says, I want you to bring me the first fruits. So if your harvest was 10 pineapples, <laughs> okay, the first one, it's like, okay, I'm going to give that to God. And God, I'm giving you that because I trust you to supply me with more. It was this huge step of trust for the people of God. Because when you gave first fruits, it meant you were trusting God enough that there would be plenty for you to live off of. In fact, you are trusting him for your future crops. The Hebrew word for first fruits, okay, I'm gonna teach you a little Hebrew, you ready? The word is bikrum. Can you say that? Bikhurm. <laughs> and it literally means the promise to come. So when you give first fruits, you're literally saying, God, I trust you for the promise to come. I'm trusting you with my financial future. I'm trusting when I give my first and best, you will bless the rest. Listen to this promise from Ezekiel. Firstfruits is mentioned like 19 times in the Old Testament. It says, the best of all of us, say it with me, firstfruits and all your special gifts will belong to the priests. You're to give them the first portion of your ground meal so that a what? A blessing may rest on your household. And it's kind of interesting because the, the principle of firstfruits is, is pretty simple. It's you give the first to God so God can bless the rest. Now this is the Old Testament and we're New Testament Christians. It means we're saved under grace, not works. But behind every Old Testament practice is a principle. Why does God say, bring, bring the first 10th of your, of your income, <laughs> your, your, your grapefruits, <laughs> to my house, the church? And the answer is because it requires faith to give God the first, doesn't it? And tithing actually means you give God before you know if you're going to have enough later on to pay your grocery bills and your medical insurance and your, your rent, your mortgage, your Spotify subscription. <laughs> you're actually trusting God to, to bless your finances beyond what you can do on your own. So, so practically speaking, what, is, what does first fruits mean? It means whether you're a teacher or you're a a landscaper, maybe you're a business owner, maybe you're a construction worker, maybe you're a corporate director, an Uber driver, it it doesn't really matter. What it means is if you make $500 a week, you return 50 to the house of God, your church. If you make 50,000 a year, you tithe $5,000 annually, you give 10%. To the local church, and the rest you get to keep and live on. See, the Bible says the tithe has to be returned to God's house, the place where you're spiritually fed. So technically, understand, you can't give your tithe to a missionary. You can That's an offering. It's wonderful. Give to missionaries. You can't send your tithe to support your favorite charity. Like, by all means, support, you know, missionaries and all sorts of kingdom causes. Colleen and I do. All I'm saying is, that ain't a tithe. <laughs> that's an offering above and beyond your tithe. God says, if you honor me, I'm just telling you, with your first and your best, I will bless the rest. Look alive, seventh row. Oh, good catch, my gosh. Woo, who else wants a banana? Come on, over here, it's coming all the way. Bananas for everybody. Whoa, okay. Again, guys, it's such a, it's a liberating way to live. Listen, listen to this promise from Proverbs. There's a promise here, you hear it? Listen to this, read it with me. This is God's book of wisdom. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the what? First fruits of all your crops, and then what will happen? If then, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim with new wine. Translation: First fruits, all all the way around. Pay attention, everybody. Oh, this going to have a fun (laughs) time. So you're like, what? It's this picture of surplus, right? Of abundance. God's like, you think you won't have enough? I'm going to give you more than enough, man. Remember, God owns it all. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't want your resources. He wants a relationship. And all relationships are built on trust. God's like, will you trust me enough to give me your first and your best eggplant? (laughs) So I can, oh man, I'm gonna bless the socks off the rest. You see if I won't provide. See if I won't just pour out my goodness and you'll have more, fill your barns overflowing, more than enough to meet your needs. Test me. See, tithe is a test. Not of God's heart, but of your trust. Your trust in his heart. And that's why we tithe. That's why we give the first, so God can bless the rest. Now listen, I don't want to pretend this is easy, okay? Tithing, it's not easy, but it's simple, isn't it? Look at it. It's not complicated. God gives seed to the sower, not to the keeper. And the truth is, as your pastor, if I can say this in all love and gentleness and sincerity, some of you have trusted Jesus with your eternity, but you haven't trusted him with your money. You've been holding back your first fruits and I I get it. I get it. You've got bills. New Jersey's expensive. Mortgage, groceries, childcare, Carly's, school loans, Netflix. Watch this, watch this. If you pay the world first and you rationalize, well, if there's anything left over, maybe I'll, I'll give a little bit to God. God didn't ask you for a tip. He asked you for a tithe so your heart will be with his first. What's the point? God wants your first fruits, not your leftovers. <laughs> Everyone wants to be blessed. God says, oh yeah, I have more than, I'm gonna bless you more than you can imagine, but you've gotta come to me with open hands and an open heart. That's the principle of first fruits. And so I guess one of my questions for you today to talk about at lunch is, will you do it? Will you actually take God at his word and honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops and trust him to bless the rest? Can I I say gently as your pastor, for some of you, it's time. Like it's time for some of you to jump in and start tithing. I I want you to experience the freedom that comes with trusting God in this area. You got to jump in. And that's why our whole church is starting a 90-day tithe challenge today. For every non-tither here. I believe the Lord is challenging those of you who've been holding back your finances to say, what if for three months, 90 days, I take God at his word and I jump on board today and start tithing. At all of our live locations, we gave you a little card on your way in. Looks like this. Can you take that out? Would you mind just taking that out? If you're online, we'll put a link in the chat. You can just click on it. And the challenge is pretty simple. It says, for the next three months, Commit to tithe. that is you return the first 10 percent off the top of your income and tie it to liquid church, or tie it to another church. Like, we're not after your money. we don't need your money. We want your heart. And just see if God's test doesn't come true. See if there isn't, isn't more blessing, more provision, more freedom, more contentment, more abundance in your life. In fact, we have such confidence in God's ability to provide for you, this 90-day tithe challenge comes with <laughs> I'll use the world's language a money-back guarantee. I'm not kidding. After three months, if you don't feel like God has blessed you, provided for you, we will refund every dollar of your tithe, no questions asked. We will give you your money back. So I want you to take out your phone and if you scan the QR code right now and you sign up today, I'm gonna give you a gift on your way out. This book, this hardcover book called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. I read it last year, rocked my world. It's gonna be at the Welcome Center on your way out today. This is an outstanding book on the joy of generosity and how to handle God's money God's way. It's totally free. You can grab a copy of the Welcome Center on your way out today. Again, just scan the QR code, grab your book, and get started. Guys, I'm not, this is the part that I always hate because it's like, oh, you know, I'm not a paid salesman. I just tell you, I'm a satisfied customer. Colleen and I, we can testify to the power of first fruits in our own family's life. We started tithing 25 years ago, the year we got married. We didn't have a nickel to our name. I was driving a, a beater Ford Explorer with 210,000 miles. Colleen was paying off uh, her college loans, but we did something hard. We started returning the first 10% of our joint net income to our local church. Wasn't liquid at the time. And for the last two and a half decades, we have never skipped a week. And we have seen God bless our family beyond anything we could ask or imagine. I'm not, I'm not talking about like financial windfall. I'm talking about simple stuff. Like, like refrigerators that ran longer than they should have. You know what I'm talking about? Cars that actually were, were given to us when we were young and married. Always use cars, but provision for our kids' school tuition. I'm talking about being blessed by generous friends who would let us borrow their vacation home that we could never afford ourselves. We have experienced blessing after blessing in our marriage, in our home, in our family life. We have seen God's supernatural hand of generosity on this entire church. Now understand something, we're not rich by New, by new Jersey standards, for sure. We, we have one home, we've never bought a new car in our life. I, we only buy used vehicles. I've had two trucks in my life, I drive them into the ground. Both of us still work full time and we don't have enough cash to pay for two kids in college at once, pray for us. We are trying to figure out how to do that and save for retirement someday. So I guess what I'm saying is, it requires faith to tithe, doesn't it? And yeah, I guess if we didn't give our first fruits, I suppose we'd have we'd have more money at our disposal. But here's a question: Would you rather live on 90% that's blessed by God, or do you want to keep 100% that's cursed? I'll take the 90% with God's blessing every time. Amen. Because a blessed person may not be wealthy by the world standards, but she enjoys a quality of life, a, a peace a contentment of soul and intimacy with God, a life that has meaning and purpose that would make most rich people envious. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if you're not currently tithing today, what are you waiting for? Like it's time. Listen, maybe you've, you've never tried. I'm just gonna tithe, I'm gonna just encourage you, try it, try it for three months. If you're here today and you're like returning to church or you're feeling a little guilty, no, 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 no no guilt. This is a guilt-free environment. If you've fallen away, you stop giving, don't feel guilty. Just jump back on board this March. If you need to write a makeup check, do it. If you're behind in your bills and you think like 10%, man, that, that is so much. I don't know if I, that's a lot of, you know, peppers. <laughs> Give 3%, 5%. Just start somewhere. The point is to put God first in your finances because remember, you are naturally born a taker. Squeeze that hand but Christ makes us a born again giver. And there's no risk to you. After 90 days, if you don't feel like God provided, that God's blessed you, we will refund every dollar of your tithe, no question asked, and the proof is in the pudding. You know, last May we did this and we had over 989 people at this church take the 90 day tithe challenge. You know how many asked for their money back? Anyone want to guess? One. And I said, no Kyra, you can't have it back. I'm not gonna. (laughs) In fact, I wanna close by just speaking to the cynics in the room who, because I know it's New Jersey, there's a bunch of cynics, you know, who wonder like, well, well, all right, maybe I'll do it for three months, but come on, where's all this fruit go? Who counts the money? Let me tell you. Every week when you tithe, we send the first fruits of your tithe outside these church walls to feed the homeless, our homeless friends on the streets of Patterson and Newark. It's your tithe that lets us help kids with autism and Asperger's and throw party for special needs families. You know, at Night to Shine, I had this moment. I was just welcoming people in the parking lot. And this father came up, he was wheeling his daughter in a wheelchair. And he, you know, he's, he's you know, I had a tie on and stuff. And he, just, he goes, are you Tim Tebow? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm Pastor Tim. He's a little disappointed. And he goes, and he brings his daughter and then he just goes, can I just, I was like, I'm a pastor here. And he goes, can I just ask you who pays for this? And I said, oh, our church. He goes, you, you pay for, for proms, for disabled kids. We said, it is our joy. Jesus gave us the idea. These are some of God's favorite children. He literally started weeping. And he goes, can I give you a hug? And he just bear hugged me. He just goes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, that's your tithe. Your tithe has paid for over six million meals to feed the global poor over the last six years. Guys, that's what happens when you give your first fruits. Understand, it directly helps people who have nothing. So you can give with confidence. In this church, we hold to the highest levels of financial integrity and accountability. In fact, we are actually a a star member of the ECFA, it stands for the Evangelical Council of Financial Accountability. It's like the the good housekeeping gold seal of approval for churches. You know what it means? I'm not in charge of the money in our church. Most people, it's like a well-known secret, I'm not good at math. (laughs) Colleen and I, we don't like take the popcorn buckets home and put it on our kitchen table and count it. We have an independent board of trustees Every year we go through an annual audit by an independent accounting firm to ensure we have safeguards and financial controls in place. And here's actually exciting news. We passed our annual audit with flying colors for the 13th year in a row. Can we hear it for our finance department? Thank you, Dawn, Robin, Dave, Mike. We, you can give it 100% confidence. Come read our audit if you'd like. I think, honestly, guys, people look at church and are like, man, God's blessing it. One of the reasons is because it's, we don't believe it's our money. It's God's. We have the highest level of integrity. We're just his stewards, amen? Give God a praise if you believe it. It's amazing what God's done in the life of this church in 17 years because people like you and Luca and Ryan and Lacey sacrificed their first fruits. God has blessed the rest over and over again and again beyond what I can humanly explain. Some of you know the joy of this. It's one of the great joys of calling our life. The thrill of spirit-led, guilt-free giving. I want that so badly for you. Your heavenly Father wants to bless you. Don't rob him of that chance. Bring him your first and your best, and trust him to bless the rest. Amen? Let's do this. Let's pray together, and um, would you stand right where you are, all our campuses? Stand on up, and uh, we usually put our hands out like open, but would you hold up your hands like this, but again, make a fist. I want you to squeeze it tight. Squeeze as tight as you can right now like you're making lemonade. Squeeze that lemon. Go ahead, squeeze harder, harder. Say mine, mine, mine. Now just slowly begin opening your fingers, man. Oh, oh open hands. It's a sign of an open heart. Father, you don't need our money. You're after our hearts. Jesus, thank you for loving us so much. Father, thank you that you loved us enough to open your hands and give us your firstborn son, Jesus. Sacrifice the first and the best. Jesus is called our first fruits so we could be blessed and redeemed. And so Father, I just, we just say, we belong to you now. Daddy, teach us how to have a heart like yours. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to transform the heart of every man, woman, and child who takes this 90 day tithe challenge. As, as we give you our first fruits, change us from natural born takers into born again givers. Church, as you're standing there, heads are bowed. Can I just ask you to pray out loud with me? Church online, pray out loud with me too, wherever you are. Just pray these words out loud. Say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Today, I give you my best. I bring you my first fruits. Now bless me, Lord. Bless my family. Bless my work. Bless my health. Bless my life so I can be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.